Welcome back to On the Sofa with Sisu. This is episode three, season two. I'm Louisa. And I'm on a G-Day. And I'm Ola. <laughs> Our very VIP guest this week. Whoop, whoop. In this week's show, we talk about wheelchair beaches. I need to check it out. Chelsea Flower Show. Prosthetics. Supply chain. And good old Oprah. Join in and have fun. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. We're back. Oh, God. Another week. Another poddy. Another episode. <laughs> we're just like regulars. It's like wild. It's wild to me. Yeah, like once a week <laughs> but it's wild that we're podcasters i introduce myself now when people say what like what do you do i'm like so i am an equality inclusion and well-being disruptor uh, and i'm a podcaster i love that i should put that on my cv <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> uh, anyway how was your week it was very nice thank you did a little um yoga and breathing video <laughs> didn't i you did <laughs> Although it was supposed to be very zen, it ended up being a little stressful. It was beyond stressful. Um, but we got there in the end. <laughs> it was still a nice experience to do it and to be asked to do it. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, my week's been pretty coasting. Coasting, yeah. My week's been coasting along. Mm. Why? Yeah. Why coasting? Because I don't feel like I've really done much, to right. be honest. I've just been pottering around the house, putting things away. But you sorted out your house Still. Now. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I just need my plants. Need to get my plants out. I'm desperate for them now. Mm. I am El Desperado for my plants. And uh, the, the funny thing is, the plants on the outside are going absolutely <laughs> wild. <laughs> they are. Oh, yeah, Sean said you've got a gardener coming. I have next week, yeah. That's good. I have, yeah, but also actually, my my um, uncle just said that he would do it for me as well. So I've got options. Oh, does he want to come and cut down our tree in our garden? I don't know if it's the tree. If he if he's a tree surgeon, he's oh. um he's just coming to mow the the lawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And your week, Ology Day, how have you been? Uh, my week has. Been good. I went go karting, which I, I've go karting. I think once before years ago, and I remember it being a sweaty ordeal. And yeah, it was a sweaty ordeal yet again. It was it was warm day. There was no air in this place, and I was put on this bloody jumpsuit. I had to squeeze myself into the biggest size that they had. Why does no one cater for big boys? Like it beats me. It really beats me. Anyway, I put this jumpsuit on. And I then can't sit down because it's so tight. And oh so, <laughs> obviously, so I get into the car. They're like, you need to you need to sit down slowly into the seat. And so I try and sit down slowly into the seat. And as I sit down, my whole suit just pops open. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, that was my first issue. The second issue was obviously my hair. And I oh knew no, it was going to... Did you have to wear a helmet? Yeah, so I knew the hair was going to be an issue. So when I got there, I was like, is it possible that I don't have to wear a helmet because I don't <laughs> really know what's going to happen with my no hair? Chance. And they were like, no, you need to wear a hairnet and uh, a, a helmet. Hair. Yeah, a hairnet. 
So I was like, okay. And it takes me quite... I'm not used to having long hair. So it takes me quite a long time to put my hair up. Mm. Like, to put it into, like, a messy bun, it takes ages. So they were like, you need, you need to take your... You're probably going to need to take your bun down. I was like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Put the, the hair net on, squeeze the thing on, and it just wouldn't fit on my head. I was literally dripping with sweat. And I was like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. And pulling it down. Oh, my God. This is quite possibly, like, the worst activity for you to do. Anyway, I eventually take my hair down and put it in a ponytail. Um, and then put the helmet on, but the biggest helmet they had still didn't fit my head. So like my chi- my mouth. So the, you know like how the helmet's got like a gap for your eyes, and then like you're supposed to be able to fit your mouth through there as well. Yeah. My mouth is basically <laughs> on the bit that's like covered. So my mouth is pressed up and going oh. the helmet like this the whole time. That sounds really comfortable. <laughs> that's quite fun. Um, and anyway, I had a re- actually it was a really really fun afternoon of racing and i didn't think i was going to be that good but i actually was <laughs> pretty good i think it's because i'm quite aggressive with it um but i i, would, I did it with turtle bay and nick the ceo was with, was with us and at one point i literally drove straight into him and barged him into the side and he spun around and then i barged into him again <laughs> I thought I thought you were supposed to like overtake. Yeah, it's not to be meant to be contact. It's the no. bumper cars, babe. No. <laughs> and then I get a yellow flag telling me to stop bumping, and I was literally like, <laughs> and I'm driving around because because once you bump someone, it means that you can get past them, and they're not going to pass you for a little while. Mm. Anyway, then I get to the last lap, and Nick comes behind me and does it even worse. He literally bumps me so hard, and it just spun around. And everyone's going, well, Nick. And I was like, how dare he? <gasps> he is the CEO. Oh my he gosh. cannot do this to me. So I'm literally Double like standards. I'm driving like literally behind him like this, going, you fucking idiots. Oh <laughs> it got really aggressive. Anyway, I came forth. Out of, out of, <laughs> After all that, out of twenty-two people, oh, okay. I, came, That's not bad. I came yeah. forth because you do like you do like heats. And you do like fifteen heats, okay. And I and after the, all the heats, the top eight people race, and I was the top eight. And then I came fourth out of the top eight. So I was like, "Don't you remember nice. when you decided to do a little bit of go karting with Maisie at the soft play?" Oh my god! And you sat on the back of her car. <laughs> she was literally chugging around the thing like that. <laughs> and even then, he was like pushing it along. <laughs> but it was a child's thing, so why were you one? She it? was only about or two. Yeah, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Anyway, so that was that. That was really fun. And um, what else have I done this week? Um, oh yeah, I went to Italy. Yes, you did. I went to Italy. Oh, yeah. I went to Italy for one of my really close friends' wedding. Um, bless them. Having a destination wedding. Obviously, you go to Italy, somewhere like Italy, for the weather. Yes. The vibes. It rained every day. It was grey. It was rainy. Uh, it was miserable. But oh, the wedding wow. was gorgeous. The vi- the venue they had it at would have been gorgeous if it was outside, but it was still gorgeous okay. inside. Um, bride and groom. I mean, it was like being at a celebrity wedding. They had four camera people. Why? <sighs> they wanted well, pictures. I mean, why not? Why not? They wanted yeah. they wanted pictures for the gram. Um, they had so many photographers. It just it felt like I was at a celebrity wedding, um, but it was gorgeous. But what was funny about this wedding was that I went with my parents, and it was a <laughs> traditional Nigerian sort of affair. There was actually probably only thirty young people there, oh, and the really? rest of the oh, other wow. hundred people that were at the wedding were aunties and uncles. Wow. Um, and and so when we got there, the aunties and uncles rushed to sit at the front. And then we're just, <laughs> and so we're then sat at the back. And I said to my mum, I went, 
if this was my wedding and I turned around and I looked into the audience to see who's at the front of the, the like when I'm getting married and I see people I don't even know, I would be really pissed off. Would you tell them to move back? Yes. I'd be like, you need to get to the back and my friends, that we've been friends for years, need to be at the front so they can actually witness me getting married. In that in that scenario, I think you'd just have to put out reserved signs, wouldn't yeah. you? You'd put yeah. reserved on the yeah. chairs. Yeah, you'd have to. There's people standing up at the back and everything, like all the young people and standing up at the back. It was go- it was a gorgeous wedding, but it just it just I just found it really funny. And then obviously then every time I picked up a drink, my mum and dad were literally like Staring at me, and like I did shots of vodka at the table before dinner, and my mum literally turned around and was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, I was standing at the bar late one in the evening, as you know, as I do, just like swirling around, and had my bag and my hands, like swirling, swaying, swaying at the bar, and drinking my cocktail, talking to some random people, and my dad standing in the corner like this. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at me. See the eyes. Yeah. Just like they're staring at me. Are, are you okay? <laughs> How long have you been at this bar? And I was like, Dad, it's a wedding. We're meant to have fun. <laughs> uh, so the next morning on the way up, my dad, mom and dad were like, you drank an awful lot. You must have a headache. And I said, no, I'm fine, actually. Absolutely fine. Had to pretend. Oh. <laughs> Had to pretend I was fine. And I was like, no, no, no. Absolutely fun. Let's go for breakfast. <laughs> but yeah, lovely time in Italy. It was lovely being away with my mum and dad. I gave, they gave me so much jokes and we had so many great DMs, like deep and meaningful conversations. So yeah, very wholesome I'm week. really glad that you um, that you enjoyed your time I know, my, my manifestation worked, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've got a very special guest with us today. Uh, who Indeed beat we the have. VIP? Who, who beat, beat the VIP? VIP? It's We're, me. Add, <laughs> add jingle here, peeps. Add jingle here. <laughs> um, so our special guest today is Ola. None other than Ola. Ola is a um, female independent powerhouse, has been a champion of Sisu since conception. Mm-hmm. She is a close confidant and also my sister from another mister, full of colour and character. And we are so excited to have her here with us on the show, on the sofa, with Sisu. Hello, Ola. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Cheers. 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 Thanks, James. I mean, look what he's done for this. Like, look at it. <laughs> look at it. James um, pulling out the big guns. Pulling out <laughs> the big guns. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. This is my first time on a podcast. I'm normally used to listening to a podcast, so we'll see how it you goes. You are an avid podcast listener. I love a podcast. I like. I'm obsessed on podcasts. Yeah. But what do you like about podcasts? I think it's just a really nice way to learn. So I've recently got into funny podcasts because I used to be obsessed with Benet Brown, and now she's chosen not to do podcasts anymore. Mm. I'm heartbroken. She's coming um, back. I think she's going to come back. So I just think it's a really nice way to learn. It's a nice way to listen to other people's conversations and you take a lot away from podcasts Mm. yeah um and with funny podcasts and you know i just think it's also a nice way to laugh um i love gossip confessions with um candice and i find myself you're listening to on the train and you're like i cannot 
burst out laughing because sometimes <laughs> you listen to it, it's so hilarious. Oh, so. I do that on the train all the time. And just I just like, start laughing. <laughs> you do, but then you don't want to look like a bad person. So you just like, <laughs> and sometimes you have to stop it. And like, I have to listen to this later. So I just like, it's just a lovely way to to find out new things, to laugh, to entertain and to learn. So Is I that when you tend to listen to them on the train or do you ever listen to them at home? Sometimes I listen to them at home, but most of the time it's on the commute. Mm. Um, but I think sometimes, like, on a Saturday, if you were, like, potting around and doing stuff, like, yeah. I have it on my Alexa like cooking. across the house. Yeah. And then you just kind of put it on yeah. and, and listen to it. So Closet Confessions is uh, the podcast that I told so you about good. with yeah. the girl that was here, Sorrel. No, I know. Yeah. Um, and that's why I laughed. Yeah, she's so hilarious. I was like, ah, did you? you, you <laughs> did I tell you? chasing about, her up the road. Did I tell you when I, saw, when I saw her here? You told me. I didn't, do they record? No, they don't record no, here. No, they don't record here. But okay. basically, she was on another one of james's amazing shows ah. um and um she was a guest and she was driving on along from like down ah, the a41 okay. it was so funny and she was next to us and i said to Lou, i'm sure i recognize her from tiktok and he was like how can you recognize someone like like in their car, in their car. In the next behind us. from tiktok yeah oh, so anyway wow. i was like how weird anyway so we drove further on and she was going the same way as us and i was like Maybe she's going to the same... No, I said to you, imagine if she's going oh, to yeah. the studio. Yeah, imagine she's going to the studio. And I was like, that'd be weird. And we parked up around the corner she and she was also parked up and I was like, she must be going to the studio. <laughs> and we get, we get we here... We bumped into her downstairs. Did you say, I love your podcast? I think I just said I loved her. I just, I just, she's so funny. I think Lou actually is the one that, that threw me under the bus a bit. She was like... He loves you. Or something so like that. No, I said he bloody recognised you on the road. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know her before the podcast. Oh, I know her from TikTok. I do. Oh, yeah, I, I knew her from TikTok. TikTok, but okay. then I saw her on the podcast. Ah, okay. Yeah, they're doing a live tour. They are. So. We must Shout, out yeah, we must Shout out to Sorrel. Shout out to Sorrel and Candice. Candice. Candice Breathwaite. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Do you know her? Yeah. yeah, you know yeah. her on Instagram. Not like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just have to be like, when are we going around for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see her house. I feel like her house looks Im- like amazing. It looks immaculate. Right, so we're going to do icebreaker. Okay. So the icebreaker this week for us all: <laughs> if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Three apps. Oh God, that's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel like I even use that many. Well, WhatsApp would count as an app. Yeah, WhatsApp yeah. is going to be my first choice. WhatsApp, obviously, to stay in contact with people. Mm-hmm. And you can call, voice note, and message on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably my calendar, because that's quite important. Mm. Does that count as an app? I feel yeah. like that shouldn't count as an that app. That is an app. Really? Your calendar is an app. No. Everything on your phone Everything is an app. Everything on your phone is an app. Oh, oh that's um, even harder. Yeah, I feel WhatsApp, my calendar, and Pinterest. Those are my three top used apps. Pinterest, really? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Hola? I would say definitely WhatsApp, because mm. you can still take pictures with WhatsApp. You can Ooh, do everything yeah. with WhatsApp. I would say YouTube. Mm. Mm. Entertainment. Oh. Or maybe Spotify. I love my Spotify. I love my Spotify oh, app. Shit, yeah, Spotify mm. is a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah Spotify is one of mine. So every day. I think maybe WhatsApp, YouTube, and Spotify because I use Spotify every day. Mm. Mm. Mine would definitely be Spotify. I don't think I'd have WhatsApp. I, I actually find WhatsApp somewhat. I don't know. How I, would you keep in contact yeah, with your loved ones? You wouldn't. 
Um, I think I'd probably have to have either Instagram or TikTok so you can contact me on there. What well, about those gonna of us that like, don't oh. have social media? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd have Spotify. Um, okay, fine. I'll have WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Um, and then I also think I would have um, either my calendar or my calculator. Calculator? calculator. Or my notepad. I also like my notepad. I use my notepad all the time. Like every day. Uh, yeah, but you can app. do that in WhatsApp. Oh, I also want my bank details. I like my bank app, sorry, my banking app. I do app. like my bank app. Actually, let's get started from the beginning. Spotify, banking app. What do you use your banking app for? Calendar. And I like to know how much money I have oh, in my account. Oh, every day I check my <laughs> banking app. I don't bother checking. Oh, no, every day I, I like to know one. how much money I have. I like, I like to stay joyous, thanks. <laughs> every, every now and again I go in and go, oh, I've got a little bit more than I thought I have. I put £10 into my savings. <laughs> God, that sounds depressing. It is. But money makes the world go round, unfortunately. Um, okay, fine. That was the little icebreaker. I, mm. It was quite fun, though, because... I, when I wrote it, I was thinking, oh, this is quite a tough one. Like, it's a hard question. Apps, apps, uh, your phone has become more and more of like your everyday so like life. It's got yeah. everything on it. And actually, there's nothing on there that I wouldn't want to ha- not have, apart from maybe Instagram. I do feel like I need to like wean myself off mm. the Instagram and the TikTok. And I'm going to make a conscious effort about it after summer. Dele- why, why after summer? <laughs> delete it. Because so you're going to Mykonos and he wants to grab ah, it. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mykonos is coming, and then, or maybe I'll do it next year because I'm also going to Marrakesh for Christmas, and that's well, going to yeah, be exactly. so much. Are so you going to delete it permanently? What, what is it they used to call Facebook? Bragbook. Now brag. it's like. Yeah, is it what they call Bragster. 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 Is that what originally? No, no that's just, what people start calling it because basically that's what people oh, use okay. social media for. Because all it's for is for people to show off what they're doing in their life. I mean, Ola doesn't use it for I that. don't post. Ola doesn't post a single thing. I wouldn't even know how to I post. I don't actually think you've ever posted. I've never posted. I don't know how to post. <laughs> I think I posted once accidentally on Facebook years ago because I joined Facebook probably like when it was coming out of fashion. Yeah, And only because I joined a running group and that was the only way they <laughs> put the events on. So it was like, okay, I joined Facebook grudgingly. And even Instagram. I think I joined Instagram through the pandemic. You did, yeah. 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 So, And you fast became quite addicted to it. I No, I, I did a, um, I deleted it. But you're good at that because you, you'll I have a break. I deleted it and then, yeah, I deleted it for the first two months of the year. Yeah. And just been like, it's enough. Had a detox. I always say that I need it for work. That's my excuse. That's your excuse. And then I've also limit the number of people I follow. So I've got it down to 70 people. I don't need to follow more than that. 70? Yeah, I don't need more than that. Wow. Mm. Some people are under review. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The other day, Ola said she's trying to get rid of her follow. How many people she's following? She went, I might have to unfollow you all. And I was like... (laughs) What? Surely it no, be the people that you'd want to keep. No, it, would, it wasn't you because you post, but it's uh, like, there's no point in people following me, is there? I'm no. never going to post anything. I mean, yeah, I, do, yeah, I yeah. do follow you. Yeah, why are you following me? There's no, like, and my, same there's with my sister. To see I follow here. her because I feel obligated to follow but her. But Aya yeah. doesn't post anything. She, so she does sometimes just, post on her stories. Like the most random, the most yeah. random things she'll post. Yeah. So why follow people if they don't? I have no intention of ever posting. Yeah, fair enough. Fair so, enough. Right, yeah. let's get on to word on the street. What's the word on the street? Word on the street. Word on the street. Word on the street. Word on the street. Insert here. <laughs> 
I'm just winding up James today, everyone. I'm just being a bit of a bitch. <laughs> right, what's your word on the street, Lou? My word on the street this week is that Greece is working to make hundreds of its beautiful beaches wheelchair accessible, installing oh. remote operated ramps, making restroom improvements and more. The ramp project, which is being designed by Greek company SeaTrack, will be installed at 287 beaches across the country. Wow. Uh, so far, the improvements have already been installed at more than 140 beaches. If you get a chance, you should um, have a little Google of it and take a look at the pickies because it is amazing. And to me, like this is what screams inclusivity mm. because, you know, everyone deserves the right to be able to enjoy the beach and go on yeah. day yeah. and enjoy the sea and this this chair literally takes the person down the track and into the sea oh wow oh it's not just taking them like down onto on the, the sand, sand. Yeah. no this is a full-on like you you go to the the big contraption and you get into the chair um and it's like what's the word i'm looking for like an elevator automated oh. no automatic yeah, something, something like that. Um, basically, it just it takes them down this track and into the sea so they can experience being in the sea. That's incredible. Yeah, and, it, and the fact that it's going across... In the across, wheelchair? No, in the seat. So they'll transfer from wheelchair to the seat track. Oh, uh, right, okay. Um, which is built purposely for this reason. Okay. Um, but then, obviously, alongside all of that, they're making improvements to, yeah, like restrooms and also, like, ramps and to get onto the beach and making wow. walk not walkways that would be the wrong terminology but but pathways wheelchairways mm. wheelchairways yeah wheelchairways yeah, wheelchair ways. yeah. <laughs> and well, i was i when i is well, it everywhere about in greece is it just my everywhere? friend um well it's two and beaches i don't know if i've uh if i can go across all of them i, I want to name all of them 100 percent want to go and see that that's amazing but well i think yeah, it's a few greece. different people one of my friends actually um yeah told me about this a couple of days ago she was oh, like, really? this should be a word on the street i was oh. like this is some super duper news they announced it actually back in april but someone told you to have something on the word on the street and it wasn't our man on the ground who was it it was lauren was it oh she should come on she should come on lauren come on she's scared yeah. <laughs> She's she nervous. Be. She's nervous. Oh. That's a good word on the street. Clickies for word on the street. Yes. Well done, Greece. Well this is done, Greece. That's Love inclusivity. It. This is another bit of good, nice news, actually, that I saw. Um, but it's annoying because I can't now find the actual article. But the headline was John um, is a skilled craftsman from Nigeria who is paving the way in prosthetics for darker skin tones. So John's oh, wow. brother lost his finger in an accident, which sparked his, the inspiration for him to create a hyper-realistic prosthetic limbs for dark-skinned people. Um, and he's now um, really paving the way for prosthetics for, for, for people of, from ethnic minority groups. Um, which I was like, so does that mean now, if I lost a limb, it would be white? Mm. Wow. And I, I guess I, so. I've never thought about it. Yeah, but no, yeah, I no, guess have I. So. And I was like, wow, that is... Something I never even thought about mm. until you experience something. Mm. I suppose you never really. Oh, he's, he's a sculpture and former special effects artist is paving the way in the prosthetics for darker skin tones. I actually find it so incredible how like they can create something to look so lifelike. Mm. Like, how do you master that kind of skill? Or well, how do you it, how do you find out that you have that kind of skill? I don't know. Yeah, passion, isn't it? Isn't it's that like incredible? 
if you're yeah if you're passionate about something I guess you keep going till you get it right but like how, like it always amazes me that that the that you would fall into that type of mm. role do you know what I mean yeah I guess I guess his came from his brother so he sparked. But if yeah. he was special effects already, he was already special effects, didn't it? Just say. Yeah, I think he was. He was an artist. Was it an artist? Sculptor, I think. Sculptor, yeah. 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 So he was already in that kind of space, and mm. I guess he thought, well, if I'm already sculpting, why not sculpt something that's actually going to make a difference to my brother's life? It's amazing. Well, to lots of people. To those lives. Of, yeah, yeah, to those of other people. Um, and the other bit of news that I saw, which I thought was just a bit heartwarming you know don't always have to share the nitty-gritty don't always have to be you know completely out there peeps (laughs) we'd like to sometimes just be really wholesome (laughs) chelsea flower show hosts its first ever wedding with same-sex couple which i did first of all didn't know you can get married at chelsea flower show Mm. um also when did chelsea flower show start because i actually wanted to go this year because every year I always want to go because I always feel like the flowers look amazing. Anyway, the Chelsea Flower Show has hosted its first ever wedding and to make it even more special, it was also between a same-sex couple. Designer Manoj Maldi married his partner of 33 years, Clive Gilmore, yesterday in a traditional Hindu-Indian wedding in the garden he created himself. Manoj, who is presenter of BBC's Your Garden made perfect and channel 4's garden of the year told the evening standard that rhs has been amazing if i had to do all the wedding organizations as well as the garden build i would have been a broken man um which i just thought was really really sweet um and heartwarming the 54 year old who was born in kenya is part of the rhs ambassador for inclusivity and diversity he said it took us 18 years to get engaged um but in our minds we've always been married to each other today we're making oh. it more official the ceremony was the first in its events 110 year history and was held on the first day of the show oh that's beautiful that is that is very the, sweet oh the, the 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 garden show the chelsea flower show is still on until the 27th of may which is oh, okay did, part, did he get like a special treatment because be, he's part of a group like would would any would anyone be able to get married at the Chelsea Flower Show? There she goes. Well, it said it was the first time. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's part of the. He's connected. Oh, so he's, yes. he's, he's, the Royal, he's in the Royal Horticultural yeah. Society ambassador for inclusivity and diversity. So I yeah. guess he's part of it. So it's made it slightly easier. I mean, yeah, me and you can't just go not go to the RHS and be like, mate, we want to get married. I've that got would, my license. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? We want to get married. Oh, but look, it just looks beautiful. so colourful and so beautiful. And I was just like, that's really sweet. Oh, that's stunning. Um, it is stunning. It's nice that they're bringing a bit of culture to the RHS. Because yeah. the F- Chelsea Flower Show has been quite renowned for being quite middle class and white. Well, it is in Chelsea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are other people that live in Chelsea, but Chelsea's made out to be quite an undiverse place it's quite is a it? lot of, yeah i think there's quite a lot nowadays there's quite a lot more diversity in chelsea than there used to be really when i feel like whenever i walk around in chelsea i see, do see a lot more diversity Are they, passing they might through? just be passing through all <laughs> day i was gonna say where is this just resource yeah what is this resource <laughs> i don't have any inf- i don't have any answers to that I don't, I take don't. a sip yeah <laughs> <laughs> spreading rumours again. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, anyway, let's get into our, our interview and talking to our VIP today. Um, so we just want to learn a bit more about you. You've had an amazing, incredible career Thank so you. far and you're still climbing 
and changing the way every day. And every time I talk to you, I feel like it's just another inspirational conversation about what you're doing. So can you take us through your career journey so far? Like, who are you? What do you do? Where have you been? Who am I? Well, I think you said my name already. So I've always worked in supply chain. So most people are like, what is supply chain? Yeah. The best way to describe it is when you go to a supermarket and you do your weekly shopping or you go to a hospital and you go to the pharmacy, there is a whole team of supply chain people behind the scenes, whether it's manufacturing the products, Mm. whether it's the drivers that drive the products or the people that plan it. Mm. Um, that is all supply chain, which is all about making sure that products are available when people want it. And there are different elements of supply chain. So you can work with products, you can work with services, um, but it all kind of works to ensure that when customers want something, that it's there. And I think through COVID as well, that's when we really started to hear the word supply chain when there was suddenly no toilet roll. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody wanted toilet roll. And, you know, I, uh, for me, I used to look after tea back then. And again, it's like, you know, as a team, a supply chain team, you're there being like, okay, so what are people going to buy? People are suddenly at home drinking a lot more tea. How do we know what they're going to drink? So again, Mm. there's a whole supply chain team that's working behind the scenes trying to figure out what are we actually going to sell? At what point do you then, the sales drop and all that sort of stuff. So I work in supply chain and I've worked in different parts of supply chain. How do you actually determine that? Is that through like collecting data of like online sales and things like that? It it is. So you're looking at like, you're looking at history, you're looking at history, what's happened, you're trying to predict the future. So it's, you know, what's your growth year on year, for example, you're you're looking at, do you have new customers and what are they going to take? So there Mm. is a whole team and sometimes it is an element of crystal ball because things like, things like, um, the COVID, COVID, no one could predict that. But yeah. ultimately, if you're working and can have a toilet roll, you know that pe- we're not using more toilet roll. Like, we're just hoarding toilet roll. Because <laughs> for some reason... Well, that's what I was thinking think, of in the toilet roll yeah. right now. I was like, well, surely people aren't using the people toilet roll. People aren't using more toilet roll. So I think if you're working in supply chain, what you're then trying to anticipate is at some point bizarre. people are going to be like, well, I don't need to hoard it. Yeah. Therefore, I will use... So at some point, it's going to drop. And that's where yeah. it's hard because it's like, how do you anticipate that drop? The drop yeah. yeah, when's it going to come? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be sitting on lots of stock because that's also money that's tied up. So mm. sometimes, I mean, the reality is a forecast is always wrong. It's just how wrong it's going to be. So yeah, um, that's kind of what we what we do behind the scenes. James is clearly um, <laughs> loving the conversation. <laughs> So James has had some experience in this. Yeah. James <laughs> is like, last time I went to toilet to buy toilet roll. Um, so, and I think my career started, so I went to De Montfort Uni and I, and I think most people fall into supply chain. So part of my degree was you had to do a year's placement mm. and my career started, I did a year's placement in this, it was a very old fashioned engineering company. And I remember my first day you walk onto the shop floor and it was a company that made um, pipes for um, aerospace. So when you go on a plane, the engine, we would make pipes for the engines and, and brakes for cars oh, okay. and stuff like that. And I remember walking onto the shop floor and supply chain is quite male dominated and just kind of walking through the factory and literally calendars of naked women no. um, with everything. And they're not like <laughs> calendars that people have brought in. They're calendars with companies. So, you know, like you might get a pen from a supplier. Get a calendar of a <laughs> naked woman. Um, so, and I think I would have been about 20. Yeah. Um, and before that, I'd only ever worked like, uh, you know, in restaurants, like waitressing and stuff like that, which is very different. Um, and I think when you're a student, you live a very sheltered, even at uni, you lead a very yeah. sheltered life, don't you? So you're kind of walking and being like, 
Wow, I mean, like everything was on on show, and that was kind of my first experience of work. Um, and even then, I wouldn't have said, "Oh, this is supply chain," or "This is a." Mm. I just remember being like, "Oh, it's it's fun here." Yeah. Um, and even back then, I remember there used to be a, a guy, like one of the managers, every time because there weren't a lot of women there. So every time he walked past, he'd always pat me on the bum, and I'd be like, "Please don't do that." Mm. Oh, it makes God. me uncomfortable. It's and he just so be like, out of order, wouldn't it? Oh. And I, you know, every time he did it, I'd say, please stop. And then one day I just um, kicked him between the legs. He stopped after that. <laughs> oh. um, he did, did you? Yeah, yes. just because it was that just a reflex. You just like, I think I was just standing at reception talking to the receptionist. And then he walked past and did his. And my reflexes were just, I just. Because after a while, you're just like, I've asked you several times. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he stopped after. Too right. Patience. Um, I wish so more people did that. Sorry? What, I kind of wish more people did that when I like, had the confidence to be able to just be like, well, if I asked you, and now I'm going to... Yeah, you've asked you're going to violate me. Yeah, yeah I'm going to violate, violate you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you won't be having any more kids. Maybe he didn't. So that was kind of like my first foray into work. And I think even after I graduated, I don't know if I necessarily knew that I wanted a career in supply chain. But what I love about supply chain is the physicality of it. So whether you walk into a warehouse or a factory, there is something, or you walk into a store, there is something about knowing, oh, I've done a good job because I can see the product Mm. or the the lines are running or the products are going out. So I'm quite results orientated. So I love the physicality of it and the I think if you like problem solving as well because mm. a lot of the time you're trying to anticipate mm. what's going to go wrong um, yeah. so that you catch it before it goes wrong it's all about planning both in the short term and the long term so that's what, what if I you don't catch it before it goes wrong though well, sometimes do you, not you feel don't. like ah! you do and then you have to pick yourself back up and you like you figure it out it's not the yeah i think as long as you know that okay we've tried to anticipate because there's always going to be things that happen outside of your control so i think Mm. it's about the you've got to have the skill set that is able to plan for the long term for the things that you know and you can see Mm -hmm. and then you're also able to firefight for when things go wrong that is out of your control so that you can fix it so i think you're kind of constantly juggling you must have to um, be super organized to be doing this yeah, I think you kind of know, and I think after, you know, you get, it comes with experience, doesn't it, where you're kind of like, okay, so what happened last year? Like, yeah. what's going to happen um, again? So you anticipate, and sometimes things go better than you expect, and other times it's like, oh, okay, this has gone wrong. I was going to swear that. Um, this has gone <laughs> wrong, so we, will, um, we will catch it. Um, but no, I love, I love what I do, and every part of my career has always been different parts of supply chain whether that's logistics okay. or manufacturing yeah. um or planning or project management um as well and i think i've been really lucky to work with some really amazing like i love working with product there's nothing like working with a brand that you're passionate about whether that's a food brand yeah. or um i would always say to people like go and work in food because mm. you know it moves really quickly you've got some incredible there's nothing like like seeing a product that you know you've had a hand um in making so yeah. yeah yeah i yeah i just i supply chain is one of those things where people talk to me about it and i'm just like, don't, like i just yeah i don't really i you know what i mean like i don't understand what you what do you do like what's your day-to-day like because i remember you had to have we had supply chain person at gbk and i'd sit there and i'd feel like he didn't have much to do Really? Well, I, he obviously did, really? but you know when you're like, just, oh, well, all you have to do is really is just make sure that the, your food, the food gets to the restaurant on time and 
bit. And, and each restaurant all? gets their orders. And in my eyes, that's what I that's what I thought. I yeah, think it's, from, it's slightly more But that's what everyone always thinks. I think a supply chain has yeah. got that kind of um, I guess stereotype of you know they don't really know. No one ever really knows what what supply chain really involves because it's not something you really learn much about. Any, any no, you career. don't. I think I've always viewed supply chain as like a bit of headless chicken kind of department. To what be quite mean? honest, yeah. What do you mean? Because it's always chicken? quite frantic, and everyone. Because obviously, I've I've always been in fashion, which there yeah. is an ele- there's a supply chain in yeah. that when you're you know when it's corporate, but it, those people that worked in that department were always like. Mm-hmm. Frantic, like, running around, super busy, mm. non-stop. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think there's an element for me. Whilst you have that, so one of the things I like with my teams is I always talk about find the rhythm mm. because yeah. I think there are the things that you know every day the same things happen. So you know, if you're delivering to a store, for example, or like every day it's like okay, we always deliver to that store on a Monday, so you can anticipate that. You should plan for that. I think the headless chicken and i'd hope it's not so much of a headless chicken is then when things go wrong so for me my job as a leader is not to be a headless chicken because it doesn't serve anyone if my team see me panicking yeah it serves no purpose Mm. um and i always think as a supply chain leader your job is to provide that firm consistent and calm okay we've got a problem okay let's sit down let's talk about it and then we put a plan our job is to fix it yeah not to kind of run yeah because i always think like and i remember there was someone in my team and i think there was one since she turned around she's like why don't you shout (laughs) (laughs) like why why aren't you shouting at people and it's like but it doesn't achieve anything and actually it makes people feel terrible like if some i always say like make decisions and i think my motto is always um ask for forgiveness not permission yeah and it's uh you know like i don't yeah like i want people to make decisions and if we Mm. get it wrong like that's how we learn yeah but if you never make a mistake and if you're never confident enough to say you know what i'm going to try this and as long as you're learning, that's yeah. the most important thing. So I always think your job as a leader is not to run in the headless chicken, but cool, to kind of... Yeah, and there are times when, you know, like there are times when things happen and you just, like, I'm just going to go for a walk because mm. I do feel the need to shout at someone. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just going to go for a walk. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back, clear my head, and then we're going to have a conversation. But I think if you lose it as a leader, then... You've lost, lost your team. You've, You've lost, lost your team, team, and it's like, and no one is coming into work and saying, you know what, I'm gonna like, I'm just gonna be shit today. Yeah, like, people yeah, are trying exactly. um, their best, and people are coming in with good intention, but That's there are times says. when. Yeah, like it's just a bit much for people. So I think you've got to give people grace, and but you've also, I think, for me, it's always I don't shy away from the tough conversations. It's like I will face into the tough conversations, mm. but you handle it with compassion. Um, because there is a person behind that that's going to go home and just be like, oh my God, I like your word as a leader is heavier yeah. than if you're talking to a peer because like it really resonates with people. So I think just mm. that setting that good example. Yeah, because you're a role model. Your, yeah, is, yeah, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing, you know, your career has taken you, you know, you've worked in various different businesses um, and you've probably faced various different challenges. What would you say those challenges or barriers were as a, as a woman, as a person of colour? I'm very often, especially at the start of my career, the only woman um, or one of, like, few women um, around the table. So you'll always find there's always a woman in HR, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. There's always course, a woman in HR. You know, and yeah. then um, it's very rare to see... Um, other women um, in supply chain. 
And I think, like, it's quite sad. There's not a lot of people of colour in um, supply chain that I've worked with or that I've experienced, and that's included working for, you know, multi, like, global Mm. um, brands in my career where you're sat there and it's like, I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of diversity here. I've certainly not worked with lots of black women, especially at senior levels, um, Mm. that you can look up to. So I think that's something that... You know, it's the how do we bring um, more diversity into supply chain? It's just not. I think it's not a career because people generally don't know what supply chain about is it. when you're in school and they're talking about careers. I want like sales and marketing and mm. lawyers and doctors. It is always the no same one's kind of saying, yeah, no yeah. one's kind of saying. Actually, supply chain is a great career. Um, so I think for me, it can feel very lonely because mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of masculine energy. Um, around the table like when you're sat in meetings um, yeah. and where it's just the testosterone is is on high alert and I remember I worked for a, um, a DIY company a very very long time ago and we used to do something called the trade show where we would go and we'd introduce um, products to stores like products we were going to launch um, for Christmas and I remember going into this event and it was just like there was it was dirty <laughs> everywhere. And I remember the guys, yeah, but it's manly. They literally really got sawdust to put all oh, over. And I'm really? just like, yeah, and I'm just like, but it's really messy. <laughs> so I think you're very often the only woman and certainly the only person of colour um, around the table. And I think when I first started um, my career, I think you try to emulate that because it's, yeah. it's kind of what you know. It's the culture... Mm. Um, of the place and mm. you're trying to fit in like you know I think we all do things that it's just I just want to fit in I just want to yeah because that's the example that's been set and that's what you see yeah. and I think as you become more senior I think one of the things that I've always been really conscious of is to use your privilege so yeah. you know if you're in a position it's how do you set a different example set a different tone and how do you kind of bring people um, with you so you know one of the things I did in my previous company was um, like setting up a lean setting up a lean in group which was kind of inspired by Cheryl Sandberg's book and um, where she talked about women in the workplace and and all it was was you know once a month we would as women we'd get together um, we'd all like everybody would bring a dish and we'd sit and we we'd just talk and it was often that, that support yeah. system where you know what we said was confidential it had nothing to do with the with the business sometimes we'd have people come in to talk to us um other times it would just be you know what we're just all having a really tough time and what you mm. find then when you com- create those communities is there's commonality yeah um i think especially as women we it's almost like we you know we think we think about things um a lot and there's that comfort lack of confidence that holds you back where it's just like you generally know what the right thing is but by the time we thought about it somebody else has said it or yeah. somebody's taking your words and mm. somehow said it in a way that it's suddenly heard and you're sitting there frustrated it's like i just said that yeah. just yeah. said exactly the same thing oh my God, <laughs> but i'm not so taking i'm not getting the credit for it so mm. i think for me it's always been about how do you create communities um, where you can find a safe space where people, um, especially people coming through, um, can just, you know, whether it's the mentoring through um, the Lean In program or just, you know, when you're having a bad day, someone in your Lean In group that you can go and talk to. But also what I was also able to do because I was on the leadership team 
in that role is also when you're having things like talent review is where um, businesses get together and you talk about the talent in your business mm. um, and things like that where you're able to really advocate for people it's like if I know there's someone that's really talented and just needs an opportunity or is in the wrong role it's yeah. like you know using that opportunity to say well actually I know that person would be great in this role um, and also kind of encouraging them to to raise their hand because I think some of it is also as women we're not raising our hands we're not saying confidence yeah, yeah, yeah. the confidence to say um, I'm here so I think for me it's always about yeah creating communities nurturing my team so you know I'm really big on having a team yeah um, and kind of helping especially the women and the the people of color or marginalized people within my team and just kind of helping them to be able to do better um than i have because i think i've had some incredible people that have helped me along my way and i think you have a duty to to pay it back and, yeah. and yes, kind of make definitely. sure that you don't close the door on your way bringing, up, bringing but, people yeah up and, but bringing yeah. people with you because mm. that's how we change and it you like it is really lonely when you look around and you don't you don't see anyone that looks like you yeah, yeah. would you say that there that you've seen a difference in the like obviously you've been in the you've been in the game now for a long time mm. would you say that you've seen an improvement because obviously when you started out you know I imagine there probably was literally like you said no one yeah but is it can you start to say you starting to see that in businesses now that they are starting to see other people like you and or no I think we're having the conversation like it's a really hard question we're having the conversation um but it's that it's that safety to really challenge things I always think a lot of businesses will talk about diversity and talk about, you know, where we're doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. And actually, it's in the small moments that a company shows They're what they colors. really believe yeah. in. Yeah. And it's in those small moments where, you know, like I've had instances where I've recently started to grow my, or through COVID, I started to grow my natural hair. And I remember mm. going into work. We had a party and I don't wear my hair out often because i it's just the <laughs> attention that you get i remember walking into this party it was a works party and somebody came towards me and as she said hello and she just she was like oh my god i love i love your hair and, I, and it's just things like that so i think for me it's in those small moments where you're kind of like we can talk about it but how do you how do you create space to really have the honest conversations? Because I think as women and as people of colour, mm. I'm not sure that we feel safe mm. to fully say, you know what, this is bullshit. Yeah. And really call it out because people yeah. are like, but it's with good intention. Like, I, I don't understand. I'm just, I'm just really appreciating your hair. I just thought, it, you know, I wanted to see what it felt like. And, yeah, and it's like, and then, and then you make, don't say then, that to anybody then else. Then they're the victim. And so I think yeah. it's like really like you can't, yeah. And I think especially as a black woman, it's uh, I don't, you know, it's very easy for black women to be labelled as oh, but you know, black women are angry and stuff like mm. that. So I think there is still that careful line that you have to tread. So I like I want to say things are better, but I it's just not, it's not good enough. Like I'm not I'm not surrounded by lots of incredible um, like people of colour where I've worked, where, you know, we've got loads and loads and loads of um, mm. people. Like, I still don't see the diversity. I still don't see people really thinking about what will it take to really push 
the balance where we have true diversity and how do we sit because there's an element where you have to sit in discomfort because some of these things are really hard and even as a as a black person some of it is about really challenging yourself and your thinking so i think businesses aren't there yet and one of the businesses i'd worked for which was a, a global business and i remember having a conversation with my boss at the time where they were really pushing gender and it was you know we really want to make sure that we have um a balanced leadership team um and they would be really bold as to okay when we're advertising for roles we want 50 50 cv so we want mm. to see, you know we're not just going to put up with the oh but the women just aren't there yeah, um, yeah, yeah and it's like when you start to push that that's where you start to realize oh okay these are you know you can hold out like if you if you're really serious about yeah um, you know balancing things then you just say yeah, we're not gonna, you yeah. know, we're not gonna replace fill that role. So I think for me that was really incredible to see. And I had um, our supply chain director at the time was a was a woman, mm -hmm. and she was really big on um, bringing women into supply chain. So I think again that really inspired me to to kind of be like, you know, we we have a responsibility. But it was nice seeing a a global um, brand like that really talk about women and also having specific development courses for women that they thought would go on to be leaders you know mm. in terms of how to really unlock that um unlock that potential so i think i'd like to see more businesses put their money and um, money to diversity and really think about how they nurture yeah. talent how you get balanced cvs and you know one of the things i try and do is when you're putting a job ad out for example it's like you know is it just we all tend to like just copy and paste from a a previous but how do you look at it if i'm a woman looking at it or if i'm a mother looking at it yeah how does it language play how does the language play yeah. how does the language say this is a place where you can be truly yourself this yeah. is a place where you know what if you want to go and pick up your kids yeah you, you go and pick up your kids i mean one of the things i've done um in my previous role was you know really especially for my um male um managers in the team it's like okay so when's the school play because mm. you know if as a man you don't feel you can go and watch your then actually ultimately it's the woman it's their partners and their wives that are picking up the baggage so i think yeah. it's also looking at your male mm. colleagues and your male um team members and just being like no no it's important to go and do the school run yeah um i, I suppose like if because you're you i mean you're obviously extremely well versed and educated in this space because you've come at it from your own ex lived yeah. experiences and so that's also opened your eyes to be a bit more empathetic about other people's yeah. experiences i guess for people that don't have any experience or don't have any basically people that don't have a clue what to do or where to start what would your suggestion like what, what would you I think that's a cop out, really, because <laughs> I, I could say I don't have any children, so I yeah. could just be like, I'm going to put meetings in when I know you've got to pick your kids up, yeah. and I'm just going to make it really uncomfortable for you when you say, but I've got a school play. Mm. Um, mm, so true. I think it's a cop out for people to say, well, but I just don't. It's like, you know, we live in a world where we have information overload, and I think there is a just basic things like empathy and and just respect and exactly. thinking outside of yourself you don't yeah. need a a degree just to i be know a but you do i mean you know you know what it's like out there on the streets people I, just pretend I, that and it is a cop-out people do but people yeah. will sit there and be like oh, i just i don't know but i if don't you want I, I, to know you can find you out. can yeah. yes you can find out you can read you can listen to podcasts you can yeah. you can join a group you can, you chat, can just chat to people yeah you can don't chat to black people and say what's it like and how can i help you um, <laughs> but like you can find out your no, own the best is when they say no, but i, I mean just want to help anything, all though. the black people people 
I just <laughs> really want to uplift yeah. them all. Oh, God. I've had that. Yeah. Don't I do mean, that, pre people. George Floyd, we had in... Um, but if you want to go up to single mums or parents or anything like that, they're happy to chat about that sort <laughs> of stuff, so do do it. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just, just be a decent person and i and think it's, it's it's so much it, it's easy for us to say i think for but some other for other i'm not i'm not i'm not giving giving people the leeway to to cop out but i'm saying what i'm trying to get out i think is that you know as a business you're sitting there going we want to learn more about our people but actually the people aren't telling us enough about them for us to be able to learn and i think a lot of companies are finding now that they want to do better but the people in the company aren't telling them enough because you haven't made it safe yeah. for you to like why would I go and because you said you want to and it goes back to those small moments because you've said we're listening and I want like we really want to help mm. it's a, if you haven't created a safe environment because what I'm looking for is I hear you but I'm looking for you to demonstrate that in the small moments and in the everyday and if in the everyday you make a decision or you make a or if I come to you and say well so and so touched my hair and you're just like oh okay i'm so i'm sorry about that and you don't don't do anything anything. about it then that shows so you can't ask people to trust you and to be vulnerable Mm. if you haven't made it safe Mm. and i think you've got to and it's not even in the small moments on diversity issues i think it's in the in the small moments as to how you manage when you know conversations that are inappropriate are going on like are you laughing and just being like, or are you saying actually yeah. that's not the right conversation? Yeah. I think if you create a safe space, then people will talk to you. But at the same time, you don't need to go and talk to every black person. To like, I just think go and there's so much on YouTube. There's so much on Instagram. Yeah, um, you know, true. I think especially through COVID, where people were um, people were having the conversations. There are so many books. Um, out there um, mm. as well that kind of describes um, whether it's the black experience, experience of women, experience of, you know, systematically marginalised communities. Yeah. Um, I just think, yeah, you don't just read and, yeah. and learn learn about it. Don't kind of wait for someone to, to do the heavy lifting. I think it's in the small moments as well, isn't it, when you're, like, to be able to build trust with your people and create that safe environment, as you were saying, it's in those little moments that, you know, if somebody's coming to you like so if you're a manager or a senior leader and you've got a team member that's coming to you with their aspirations and their you know goals and something that mm. they might want to work on or something that in those moments you can really start to build that trust that creates the safe yeah. environment as at the same time it doesn't have to be like company-wide communications it, it's those little moments that yeah. actually really make a big difference and it takes people. everybody as well because uh, I think sometimes we mm. tend to look at leaders and it's yeah. like well it's the, and it's like it is there's an element where it's top down but it's also like everybody has a responsibility yeah. Yeah. to drive the culture um, of the business um, to make it inclusive to make it diverse you know when you're recruiting for a role mm-hmm. like the easy thing is just to you know look for someone that looks like you and that it's like oh he he plays golf i play golf like this is going to be great like we're gonna yeah it's going to be great yeah it's like yeah we go to the same places and it's uh Mm. and i think i can't remember who talks about it or whether it's research which shows actually teams with diversity are much more successful because it's in those moments of disagreement or or conflict like healthy conflict where you actually make better decisions than yeah. you know if, if Olajido and I were here and we were just like oh yeah let's do that and it's like yeah I think that's a good idea it's like we haven't 
because we have the same viewpoint, maybe we haven't really explored yeah. other people, diff- yeah, yeah, other opinions well, or other, other ways, ways of approaching the problem. It, yeah. So mm. I think the more the more diverse uh, more diverse businesses tend to do better. I think there was also a piece of research that came out recently. I think it was looking at C- female CEOs um, in the in Americas versus male CEOs, and actually the companies led by female CEOs were much more successful um, than male. So I just think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just think the diversity of thoughts, the diversity yeah. of you know different backgrounds. Um, I heard a story when I was um, when I first started my career, which was um, so a consultant came in and they were talking about diversity and inclusion, and they said apparently, I think it was Nike. Nike, um, as I've been corrected uh, by some <laughs> it's like it's Nike, not Nike. Um, I Nike. say Nike. I say Nike, but the right way to after seeing the film Air, it's like it's actually Nike. Oh, I haven't seen um, it. And um, it was only when Nike had a female executive on their leadership team that they decided to do matching um, like tops and leggings for women. Mm. Like before that, no one had thought that that was a that was a thing. It was just like you just make. What you just really? make? Yeah, you just make. I did not know that. And then no you know, they for girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it had never been done, and you know, and then when a woman joined their leadership That's team, wild, and she was like, it? "Just do co-ods." And yeah, like, oh, and and then it, you know, it's literally successful. about having a different perspective. Yeah, in, yeah. A different voice into the conversation yeah. means that you're opening up creativity. You're opening up, yeah. And commercially, like mm. it's a no-brainer. Like it, it brings more money. Yeah. Um, into the business so 100 yeah. percent. i can't yeah can you imagine not having wild to think <laughs> no. like well i feel like we didn't always have co-ords no i think COVID, covid blew co-ords up didn't it yeah because everyone just, just wanted, wanted like a little nice lounge gym, set gym, oh yeah, yeah and and the, oh my yeah. god i've got my eyes on a savage fenty one it's amazing oh, <laughs> honestly god. it's so nice it's like a little all-in-one co-ord ah like a onesie basically but oh it's not a onesie. <laughs> you don't need one of those. It's not, it's not a onesie, but it looks it, like a onesie. It'll be like the go-karting all over again. It will. No, because a I'll onesie. get it to actually fit my actual body. Does it come with a hood? <laughs> it has a hood, yeah. Oh, that's But the hood that like, goes out like on off the shoulder type oh. thing. I think it's onesies are only okay in the house. I would never wear a onesie. Yeah. Never. What, out, you're not thinking about wearing it outside? No, house. I would never wear a onesie. I'd never buy oh, one. Okay. That's too much clothing for me. We've gone from co to onesie. They're very yeah. different things. Okay, let's go back to the questions. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be attacked. Um, what would you like to see improve? I guess you've, in the world of supply chain, and I guess you've spoken quite a lot about representation um, from a female perspective mm. and from a, you know, from an ethnic minority perspective. Would that be the thing that you think needs to, to change moving in the next five, ten years? And if, you, if so, like how would you go about starting that change, I guess? I think, I mean, I, d- I do that in, in every... What's Five that? to ten years, it just seems like an awful long time, It's a long time, time. It? It's, for, not a for change. it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. No, there's a difference between wanting something to change quicker than the actual work being a sprint and not uh, being a marathon and not a sprint. You're right, it's not a, sp- it's not a, uh, mar- a sprint, it's a marathon, but it would be nice if it was a sprint. I know so what you mean. I'm confused. It'd be nice if it changed quicker than Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, we've been talking, I think people have been talking about diversity for yonks, and we're still where we are. Since the start of time. Yeah, we're still here. I mean, the word diversity must have been around years ago, right? 
So yeah, we really should be talking about inclusion over anything. Yeah, but I guess I guess for me it's like, well, how how? Yeah, I mean, what what would you what would you want to see? I would just mm. like to see more, like more diverse workforces. I think the word inclusion versus because I think people tend to hide behind diversity sorry inclusion and it's like you can have an inclusive workplace that only is inclusive if you look a certain way way, and i think the two go hand in hand Mm. um that is not an inclusive place but but if you're if you're all the same if you're all the same because it's those marginalized voices that are never like when you do employee engagement surveys and a business that let's say is 99 or even 90 percent um european and then they ask the question about is this an inclusive and diverse place and everybody says yes i just feel like i can be myself mm. it's like well of course because 90 percent of the people that work here look like yeah you. but and because there's so many people in the 90 percent, the voice of the 10 percent kind of gets drowned out so when you're looking at improvement plans you're like we don't have a we don't have a problem yes we could do with a bit more um you know, colour around the table, but we don't really have a problem because <laughs> if you look at our engagement survey, it's um, everything is perfect. I actually had this conversation. That is complete naivety. Isn't I had it? this conversation with someone not long ago, um, and they have a business that, on paper, is you know extremely inclusive, and yeah. everyone feels like they have a sense of belonging. Recent yeah. surveys have told them that. Um, and everyone is in, you know, the environment and the space is lovely. If you go in there, you think, oh, this is a really nice place to work. But they all are very similar in terms of their education, in terms of where they all live, in terms of what they look like. Yeah. Very similar. And actually, the person that I was speaking to was was from a different ethnic background, went into this this space and was like, it is really inclusive and and you do have a sense of belonging if you look like everyone else. And then as soon as you start to listen to some of the conversations that were happening around the, the break room or, yeah. or, you know, when they go out for drinks, you start to realise that some of the things that people were saying actually were not inclusive to other yeah. people that didn't look like them. Like what? Just in terms... Just trying not to get the <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, give like, an example for um, the listeners so that it's like clear like what, what you're saying. <laughs> it's just the way you said it that made me laugh. <laughs> like, like what? Um, so I think the person was saying about how um, <laughs> they were talking about people from certain areas being basically hood, like being hood or being street um, because they looked a certain way. Um, and then when she was asked the question, like, what do you mean by that? They were like, well, you know, there's people that live in, like, you know, the kind of rural areas. The what rural. areas? Not rural. What's not rural? What's the word I was talking about? What's the word I'm... Ghetto. Oh, ghetto, basically. Oh. People that live, like, in the ghetto, you know what we're talking... And then she was like, what do, you, what do you mean? Why... And basically what they were trying to say was that certain people from certain postcodes are associated with hmm. more crime or... And basically it was a lot of stereotyping based on postcodes the way people look um and she's just said she felt really all uncomfortable mm. in that situation and then when it was brought up they were all like really shirty about it all and really like cagey and and then you know the conversation was that although you're really inclusive to everyone else in your office you actually need to work on your awareness on other people's cultures yeah. because some of the things you're actually saying are is, is affecting people like myself who yeah are from a different culture who doesn't look like you and who may be from that ghetto area. That postcode. That postcode, yeah. Mm. So it's just things like that. And it's it's more about the 
the little droplets of or microaggressions that you then start to f- hear and trickle down and that's what makes people then feel like actually I can't work somewhere like that because it's not actually inclusive so yeah and I think um like when you look at the whole situation in Ukraine as an example and there was mm. such a like there was such a mobilization of like we've got to help people we've mm. got to you know because these are good migrants and I know for a lot of people of color in businesses like watching this like it was really helpful to watch because at the same time, it's like, and I think even on the news, they said, yeah, but they, they are good migrants. And it's, uh, you know, what? so what is a good migrant? That's but they were good yeah, migrants literally. because they were white migrants. Yeah. I've never heard had. that term before. It was used yeah, quite a lot there was on used the quite, news. Yeah, it was yeah. used quite a lot on the news. And in, like, if good you just migrants. think about the, yeah, they were good. These are the kind of migrants that, the migrants that. I got, don't watch yeah. the news. That, well, got, like, that got sent back because they weren't white. But there were, I mean, there were pictures of um, like people of color trying to get on the train that was like taking people to safety. And oh, you I know, saw that. You saw like black people. I think there was one where there was a black mother with mm. her newborn that was taken off to make way for a for a white a good um, migrant. Well, yeah, a good migrant. And I think it's in again, it's in those moments when we talk about how abolish that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the reality. And I think when you're sat in a business or you're sat as a as a black person or as an asian person looking at that and when uh you know when businesses don't take a stand um mm. and challenge that and instead it's like right we're gonna we're gonna absolutely it's in those moments where you're like okay so we talk about diversity and inclusion but actually it doesn't like in that moment you have chosen to put all your resources behind this because it's much more palatable and we're told that these people are much better versus you know when we talk about Calais we talk about the jungle and it's uh these are just people a lot of young people that you know I don't know anybody that would not try to get to safety to have a better life yeah um when you say about businesses doing better in that scenario if the control is under the government in the different country or the military or whatever yeah. it is that is allowing these people to come through and not come through, how can businesses here support that better? Would it just be like, don't send any money at all or I think it's been reach consistent. out? Or I think it's about consistency and it's also about, again, how do you lean into the discomfort that that brings because if you've got so if you've got somebody in your business that is from syria for example Mm. and it's a you haven't and businesses can't do everything Mm. but i think it's been able to have the conversation that says you know what we're observing what's happening on the news we can appreciate that for members of our team this is going to be really painful yeah um you know whether it's uh we've got uh yeah it's acknowledging and being seen and not being othered and it's acknowledging that there is all often a different perspective it's the same when the um the queen passed away where some people were like oh my god this is awful but you've also got to acknowledge that while some people might be royalist Mm. the royal family in the british empire has uh a ruthless legacy in Mm. lots of African countries, lots of Asian countries. And those countries, whilst you might say they've never been enslaved, like the the impact of colonialization is still devastating and continues to be to this day. So I think it's the how do you create space to say we can appreciate that there are people that find this is heartbreaking, but we're also going to equally create space for people that are like, 
okay, like the royal family represents something completely different. So I think it's holding two things can be true at once. And Mm. it's, you know, I think when you look at culture, it's how do you hold that um, for your people and how do you create a space where it's all right to have different opinions as opposed to, oh, I think it's about as a business, you have to remain somewhat neutral, but also allow also voice the opinion that, that you are you are seeing that there's two perspectives yeah. and two sides to a story but you have to acknowledge that something has actually happened and yeah. that there and that people are allowed to have their different perspectives but you have to communicate that with your team if you're remaining silent in situations like you know the, the, any sort of war or even like yeah. anything that's going on out there <coughs> in the world i think that it shows that you potentially don't care or you also aren't empathetic for the people that might work within your business that might feel a certain way yeah. about their situations. But yeah, so for, but for, to be more specific, what I was thinking was, you know, if you've got a business who is fundraising or, or supplying money, supporting the charities that are going out to help the migrants mm-hmm. coming over from Syria and then there are black migrants who are getting pushed off the train... Mm-hmm. How how do you then? So you're promoting that you're supporting the the migrants that are coming over from Syria, but everyone can see that all this footage that actually there's a big, you know, a big situation of exclusion there and discrimination. How do you then balance that in your business? That that's that was more to that was the point I, I was think aiming it's creating for. The conversation, so, so ha- like having the conversation as opposed to oh, but these people and and I think Ukraine was a very specific um, example. Um, but I think there was a much good more... A one, though, because I think a lot of businesses did start supporting that. Yeah, a lot of businesses that. did, but yeah. there was a lot and more Syria empathy, there was mm. a lot more support for Ukraine versus Syria versus mm. Iraq, even versus Afghanistan, yeah. where, you know, the the impact of the war has been devastating to, you know, to, to everyday people. So I think it's the, you know, as a business, how do you take a stand? Because your people are watching. Like yeah, Your people are exactly. watching... Where do you choose to put your money? Where do you choose to put your resources? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's in those moments where you might say, it's really important for us to support this group of people, but it's also important that we support um, equally, yeah. support this group of people as well, because um, the, the impact is just as devastating. And then let's have the conversation around why those things are important. Because that's the thing, isn't yeah, it, sometimes? Speak, I, speak I feel like people. there's certain things that get media attention... Yeah. more than others and then businesses go oh because everyone's talking about that's the one that they go with yeah, yeah. that's when they go yeah. with well, actually if as a business you're thinking about inclusion and equality for everyone you go well actually we'll make sure that whatever's going on in the world we're always staying true to communicating how we where we stand with it to all our teams regardless mm. of whether or not the media's capturing it or not Mm. Or, or you decide you don't talk about it at all. Like you either have to, you can't pick and choose which ones mm. you talk about and which which ones you support. It's dangerous either you su- territory. You support yeah. all your people, or yeah. you, or you don't talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, it's it's a minefield. I think I think it's hard work. I think you know you've it got, is hard. You've got to give it. You've yeah. got to give it. It's, it's fair dues. Like it's hard work. This yeah. work. It's not easy. I think businesses have got a lot to answer for these days more than they ever have before businesses have more power i think you know if we look at where power is held in you know businesses can change culture they can influence they can they have such a reach 
Um, and I think, especially the younger generation, are looking for businesses with purpose. Mm. Yeah. It's no longer enough just to say we're going to create like great products. Like you know, I don't think I don't know what the generation coming up behind because are called, <laughs> but um, I just think they're much more. I don't know what they're called either. No, I just yeah. <laughs> they they're just much more informed. They're much more um, focused and driven. If you look at you know um, movements on climate, for example, and stuff mm. like that, I just think it's exciting to see young people coming up. Um, behind us because I you know I think they will hopefully sort out the mess that um, generations um, have created so Mm. you know I am I am optimistic about the younger generation Mm. um, that's coming up behind us and and I and I think businesses will have to shift um, because of that because I think consumers will demand um, more whilst we, we just buy stuff and it's like it's a bit uncomfortable terrible yeah um uh so you know as growing when when we grew up you know i was oliver's obviously like the oldest one out of our like family and our close family so she was the older cousin we always looked up to ola we always used to go to ola's house and be like oh we're going to ola's house for the weekend um and so you i looked up to you quite a lot growing up and and i and i really like I don't know, because always my mum and dad always used to say, you know, you need to, do, you should be like Ola, you know, she's she's independent, that. she's got her house, <laughs> you know, look at her. That news to you. Um, it's to me. It's they'll never tell you that to no, your face. No, that <laughs> compliments be. don't come no, that easily. No. Um, and I, and I, yeah, so I always, I always looked up to you. But who did you look up to? I guess when you were, when you were like coming up um, in the world. Well, I looked up to Oprah when I was coming up in the world. <laughs> oh my god, I loved Oprah. Like it was just. What did you love about her? It's a family thing. I just, like she was just like doing what she wanted to do. Like if you think when I was growing up, you know, I think eighties, nineties, you didn't have a lot of black women on, on TV. TV. Yeah. Um, and just to have someone like I loved her. I loved the show, the Oprah Winfrey show, and I think even as she's got older and she doesn't have the show anymore. She has continued to evolve. She has continued to be purposeful. So I used to love um, Oprah. I also was a bit of a bookworm um, mm. as well. So I used to love reading like Alice Walker, mm. um, Rosa Guy, um, like American authors where you would just get lost um, in the books. But I think growing up, it was probably like Oprah. Yeah. I think Whoopi as well. I remember <laughs> being obsessed with um, Whoopi. Her. Um, and her films, yeah. I um, actually, like Jumping Jack Flash. I love the fact um, that she's become more vocal in the way that she's... I don't yeah. know if she's always been like that, but she's, when I watch interviews with her, I feel like she's just so real and she doesn't give a shit. No, she doesn't. Oh, she she doesn't, had to give a yeah. big apology recently, she didn't she? <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Yeah, from On The View. Mm. Yeah, but I th- feel like she's just... What did she do? Like, I can't remember what she did. I think she said something, but I don't know if it was... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I think she said... I think she might have said something about Jewish people. Oh God! Something like that. Yeah, I thought. She, oh God! I can't. I can't remember Jesus. precisely what she said. We're allowed to make a mistake. No, she said. I mean, she she she, she owned she owned it. Do you know what she said? I can't remember what she said, but I also don't oh, know if it was stuff that was taken out of context as well. She she gave a very big sincere apology yeah, after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to go and watch that. Oh, I didn't well, know. I think she said it. it on the View on her show. So I'm just trying. Yeah. So I think it was more. Would like, an Oprah. Well, I was I was obsessed with with oprah yeah um yeah growing up it was just yeah she was she was incredible 
Maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with Oprah. She's, I mean, she's great. I feel like it was always on at home. It was always, it was always, it was always, it was on, always on. You said, yeah, da, 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 yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it always was on. I yeah. love, I love, like I mean, was, I love her was, now. Yeah, I mean, she's great. She's got the color purples coming out. Yeah, doing a remake, I know. I can't just wait for it to come out. Incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I think Oprah was probably the the big like just kind of everything that she did, and then just. Um, because I think American, like African-American culture and literature and and just when you're in the UK, because, you know, they have a much bigger population of black people there and, yeah. you know, and it does influence the world. So I think for me it was, you know, consuming, like I would sit and just read book after book and consuming books and, and kind of knowing how other black people through storytelling navigating the world and I think in like because I lived in Nigeria till I was about 10 and then moved over here and it was quite a harsh um because you go from a country where everybody looks like you and everybody's black and and stuff and then you suddenly come here and move into London where people are like so did you have lions in your garden <laughs> uh, and stuff like that and you're just like and then people make fun because your accent is slightly different as well and stuff like that so I think it was that huge culture shock yeah um, so you kind of like being able to read books about black experience and seeing black people on on tv like really meant something because you didn't mm. see it um and it's sad because you think you know i w went to school in london so you'd expect that you like there is mm. more diversity in london than if you go to other parts of the uk but you still feel very much like othered um in your in your experiences and um and there wasn't enough like british i suppose black people that were in the public eye or that had I'm done... I'm just thinking back and I don't remember... The only like, person I can think really of is sad. Ainsley Harriet. Yeah, and, there was like <laughs> caricatures and, of black and people. And he's, he's problematic in himself, so... Yeah, on Ready Steady Cook. Yeah. Frank Bruno. Oh, no, you know what I mean, Harry. <laughs> he was <laughs> also problematic. Yeah. Black, there were black people that were like big in the like 80s, 90s were problematic. I think it was people that what like do you mean? Owned, problematic. It was more owned and didn't play up to the stereotype of yeah. Of it was being, like, they were like being characters, characters of rather being, than being yeah, themselves. being a real person. How do you know? Because it felt like it was for a show. It like didn't there feel wasn't... like there was real, like real. Yeah. Like, so I've I've seen Ainsley now in other in other settings, not on TV. I've seen actually worked with him on a show, and he's not like that. Like he's not that like. But if you see him, yeah, out in public, is he going to come up to you and go, "Oh, have you got your spices?" <laughs> no, it wasn't, you know in, it wasn't I mean? in public. It was literally it was at the BBC Good Food Show when I used to do that. And he was just like in the meeting room, just chilled and just like, I don't know, he just felt like a completely different person. And that, that was the time when I woke up and I was like... You're extremely animated on this podcast, but you are not like that every single moment of your waking life. I'm animated constantly. No. He's very animated. And he sits there in silence, quiet. You just said you see him in a meeting room. Like, I just no, think, but like, I think, think it was about the, these the things. Growing up, the media chose to portray black people in a very narrow way. So you had to be the happy, jovial black person that didn't have a care. So when you look at someone like Frank Bruno, who was, you know, I mean, Harry, you know, I mean, Harry, or you look at someone like Ainsley, it's just that caricature. Whilst when you look at someone like... Basically Oprah, a joke. Basically it's Yeah, just, just, I'm just here to make you laugh. I'm, I'm non-threatening. Like, yeah. I'm non-threatening. Whilst you look at funny. Oprah, I can see Oprah in her shows having you know she has celebrities on where it's a bit light versus she has 
people on that have done terrible things where she's, you know, she's much more, cri- not critical, but she's much more, so she's what about just Trisha? Somewhat, She's from the 80s, isn't she? 90s? No, she's more 90s, 90s. than no- yeah. I, I can't say I ever watched a Trisha Goddard uh, show, yeah. so I don't really know enough about her. But there just wasn't enough examples, whilst I think when you look at America, because there are a lot more black people there, um, there is just more light and shade as opposed to, um, yeah, just one type of way of being a black person. Mm. Characters. Absolute yeah. characters. <sighs> thought you were going to say something there. No, I was just thinking, like, so the UK black people have been made to be a certain type of character in the media in the 80s, whereas the black people in America were not. And I was thinking, I wonder why that is. Yeah, and I also think it's because there's just maybe there's a lot more of them in yeah. the media, so that you got to see a different, a range of yeah. different characters yeah. and different conversations, whereas in the UK it felt like we were just stuck on this one path. Yeah. So everyone is a character is what you're saying, but in the UK it was just the I comedy I think there's more different, there's different types yeah. of stories. Because if I look at, and I hate to mention, The Cosby Show, for example, mm. like we would mm. watch The Cosby Show. It was on a Sunday at 6 yeah, o'clock and I'd argue with my mum because it clashed with Songs of Praise. Songs of Praise. Songs of Praise. And you got to watch Songs of Praise. Um, but you had The Cosby Show. You had Different World, which was when the kids went to um, university. So you had different types of characters characters and stories being told. And it was. it's not to say it was perfect, but I just think in it the was more UK. Range. I mean, I think we had Desmond's. Oh, I love um, Desmond. You know, which was based on a barber show, and that was revolutionary. But yeah. we didn't have a lot of yeah. black stories being told. We didn't have a lot of representation, um, yeah. unless it was, you know, someone was playing a drug dealer or a criminal or, mm. or something like that. Um, so Desmond's was probably the one show that Desmond's I would actually, say. Yeah, that is true. Um, Desmond was, was a great was show. Big. And then there was a comedy show on Desmond's. BBC Two. There was Goodness Gracious Me, which was um, an Asian. Oh, uh, comedy. Yeah. Um, that was really funny. Um, yeah, I used to love that. And then the only thing I can think of right now for some reason, different strokes. I used to love different strokes. Take different strokes oh, to rule the world. Yeah. American though. Da, 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 da. Fresh oh, Prince. Prince. Yeah. American. Yeah. All yeah. American. Yeah. The big ones that you remember are all American. Yeah. But Desmond's was. Oh, Desmond's was, was the a one. Great that show. was the one. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh. We could talk all day, but... About the TV. I can listen to Ola talking about this stuff all day because I feel like you just have... You come to go away, but it's been nice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear it because you, come, you come, at, come at it from a very different perspective to the way I come from... Come, mm. come from... Come at... I can't say it. Come at it. Come at it from... Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. Um, did you have any Absolutely. more questions? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No. No. So should we get into the Mannies of the Week? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Is it quick fires? Quick fires. Quick fires. Quick fires. Oh, quick fire. Why do I keep making that mistake to keep doing Mannies first and not quick fires? Right, it's quick fire. Are you ready? Okay. Let's Born ready. Let's put the lights. Let's put the lights on. Oh, we're dimming the lights. Dim the lights. Let's put, let's put a little <laughs> flashy on the lights. Producer James. <laughs> Quick fire. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh gosh, James, is, James is falling asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, James. It's like millionaire. You are 100 years old. You have all your faculties. Where in the world would you want to be? I will be anywhere where it's sunny and there is a beach. 
Maldives, Seychelles, as long as there is heat and a beach and good food, I will be there. Yeah. Lovely. With, sun- Nowhere with, cold. with your sunglasses. With and your my sunglasses. Hat. And <laughs> oh, I love my that colourful, hat. fabulous outfits. <laughs> that hat is brilliant. <laughs> what is your go-to snack? At the moment, I do love proper popcorn, salt and sweet. Mm. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. I love a good that popcorn. Is a popcorn. That's a good snack. I never yeah. think about buying popcorn. I, I've started oh, buying the, um, in the, the small, the six pack, the multi pack, because you, because otherwise if you buy the big pack, you just, you eat, just the whole eat, thing. eat it all. <laughs> so what do you get? What the, brand? So it's the multi. It's got six. No proper popcorn is no oh, proper, proper, pop, popcorn proper popcorn is, is what it, the, the yellow brand. one. Right. Yes, sweet and salt, like delicious. To be fair, I feel like I never go to your house. I do always see proper pop, popcorn. Yeah, proper popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, we always have popcorn in the house. Maisie loves it. What's your superpower? I think I'm quite nurturing. Mm. Um, so, yeah. and sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to be. Like we <laughs> had a we had a meeting recently, and somebody in my team introduced me as Ulla's the team mum, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the team mum. But then it's like, but I do like I I think it's important to nurture. Like I do like to nurture people. I like to help people get the best version of themselves. So I would say I'm quite... I think that's quite a nice, um, it's a, nice, a nice quality of power to It have. is, but I think sometimes as a woman, like it's like, oh, you're just soft and emotional. So I yeah. think sometimes you have that dilemma of... I want to be nurturing and I like to look after people, but at the same time, it's like, I want to be like... Listen, you have to be super strong to be nurturing and to look after true. people. Yeah. True. So that yeah. whole bias thing is... It's, that is that, I like, that's I like exactly the way it. It's a bias. Yeah. 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 That's true. What show would you recommend us to binge watch? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's so, there's so many. I'm going to go How Ted Lasso. Time? I'm going to go Ted Lasso because I just love Ted Lasso. Oh, like, it's Ted just, Lasso. I feel like the, all I've done this week is tell people about Ted Lasso at work. Oh, you need I to would watch just say, it. And Ted Lasso, I don't know what you're about. it's just like a hug. It's, it is, it's isn't it? Like, I was crying the other day on the sofa. I you cry and you often when I watch Ted Lasso. Lasso. Oh, it's such a good. It's hard to describe, but it's just about. Let me quickly pop it in my tab. It's just a decent guy, and regardless of how shitty people are around him, he does not compromise his values. Yeah, he's and he doesn't tell people that they're shit and they need to do better. Like it's, it's just a good it's one of those things show. that you watch and you go oh my god i love this guy yeah he's so funny yeah. yes it's one of those shows that you watch and you go i wish we could all be like ted lasso yeah because ted lasso he has a way of making everything feel better yeah and everyone feeling and make feel amazing yeah. and everyone feels seen and that's yes. what I just love about it. And okay. the, sh- and the, and the you show. You have to then, watch Ted Lasso. The show Everybody then, watch Ted Lasso and, and learn. There's a big Nigerian influence in Ted I Lasso, know, I'm which I the absolutely Niger- love. Oh. There is a restaurant called Ollas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. Great show. It's a great show. Um, okay, next question. Shit's Creek is also a great show. Oh I mean, there's so many great shows. David. David. <laughs> um, what does bravery mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. I think even when it's hard, choosing to do the right thing, mm. I would say, even if it comes at personal cost, mm-hmm. choosing to do the right thing. Thank you. Nice one. That is great. Um, and then the final question, which people seem to get confused with. Oh, no oh I thought that was actually a replacement for that one because no, they're I very s- similar. I know, but I want to see what Ola's going to say. Who are you oh, calling God. in? 
Who am I oh. calling in? Yeah. I thought you were going to do the Brady Brown one. All right, no. cool. Who, Who am, am I calling, calling in? Oliver will know what that means. That's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting. I mean, I think I call in people that are nearest and dearest to me because sometimes <laughs> there is no point calling Mom, in people <laughs> that. Like, there's no point wasting your energy on people that no matter how much you call them in, they just, mm. they ju- they are where they are. I am. I um, hear you. So I think mm. you call in people that, you know what, it's uh, that's not who they are. Um, and let's have the conversation as to why that's not who you are. And I think, like, I had a situation recently, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I told, um, recently where I spoke to, someone like something happened and i was slightly incensed because it was just like this is just out of order and so unfair mm. and i just took a moment and i think i might have spoken to no i conjured up the Bene, what would benet brown do and it was actually when somebody does something that is unacceptable if you lead with love and just reminding them of how important that person is to them as opposed to just being like you were just a sh- what you did was shitty Mm. Um, but just being like you love that person so if you lead with that that's not the right way um to have managed that situation Mm. so i think you call in people that you yeah that you know um Mm. are open to it people that you care about as well Mm. and don't waste energy on people that are just gonna i love that calling people that because actually you want to call the people that are closest to you because they're the ones that are gonna well affect you but also they're the ones you're gonna see the most, change. I guess, and see yeah. the change in. Yeah. I like that. It's a good one. I'm glad I asked that question. Right. I was on the Benet one. Sorry? I want to know the Benet one. What's the the Benet, Benet one is the one that Benet does on her podcast, which is, which is um, and I, the way I say it is this, you know, my good friend, Benet, she says, you are called. <laughs> <laughs> you are called to be brave. You are called to be brave. Yeah. What's the first thing you do? <laughs> I think take a breath. That's what I say. Take a breath. That's where, like, the going for a walk, it's yeah, like, I just need a moment. I've got to say, Ricky's was my favourite answer. What did he say? Slap someone. <laughs> yeah, he did say he <laughs> someone. I don't know if that's brave. <laughs> but he was like, I'd give him, I'd be brave. <laughs> <laughs> what, run away? You're called to be brave, like, what's the best thing you do? Violence <laughs> always helps. I, I, I thought think it was that so funny, that's where it's going. really quickly. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, Take yeah. a breath. Take a breath. I think take a breath and take just because, like, your mind is racing when, like, you're faced with something yeah. difficult. So it's just take a breath and then, yeah. But this is just the thing. I like, I feel like, the, how many answers are, can there be to this question? No, there probably isn't loads of answers, but everyone's different, though. Some yeah. people are like, I don't know, I might call my mum or mm. yeah. I might. Boring. <laughs> there's so many different answers. Yeah. I don't want to give all the answers for our upcoming guests. But Not that there's no right know, or wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's about what you would do. Yeah. No, there's no yeah. right or wrong. They yeah. seem quite limited. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let us get into our manies of the week before we leave. Manies of the week. Manies of the week. Manies I've got no nails. I can't even. Oh, yeah. When you get your nails done, I've got no nails. Oh wow! Good for you. No. Well, it's nice to give them a break. Yes. A break is good. Yeah, yeah, a break is good. So I think I'm going to leave them until Mykonos. Mykonos. And just give them a break it's until It's only a then. few weeks. Yeah, it's a few weeks. So I'm going to leave my nails and my hair until Mykonos. Nice. Are you going to take your hair out for Mykonos? No, no, I'm going to get it redone. Before Mykonos? Yeah, okay. retwisted and have it longer. 
I mean, you don't wear it down, so I don't really understand the obsession with the length. I do wear it down when I'm at home. Right, I'm okay. walking around like this. In his fucking onesie. <laughs> <laughs> I like when it's down because I can go like this. Okay. <laughs> and like, sometimes I, wear, I go like this and I wear it to the side and I'm like... <laughs> a comb over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it in the morning when I'm putting my hair off. I go like this. <laughs> That's probably why they keep bloody falling out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your manifestation, Ola? What are you manifesting this week? What am I manifesting this week? book a holiday <laughs> and have a fabulous time at the Beyonce concert. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Monday will be... I can't actually oh, oh, think oh, about oh, it because oh, I think oh, it was oh. good. It's just too... It's, it's like too much for me. Are you I getting the butterflies? To, yeah, I'm getting like too <laughs> excited. Gonna, I mean, it's going to be amazing. I probably should have booked Tuesday off. Yeah, I think gonna, I should have booked Tuesday yeah, off. I've, oh. But I've got quite a few meetings. I've got a training session. Yeah, I just think it's going to be... Because I keep seeing clips on Instagram and it's just like, oh my gosh, it looks fabulous. Like the... The whole staging, like the whole, yeah, really, it just yeah. looks incredible. So. Well, it's going to be big, isn't it? She's not done one for a be, while. Just need to decide what to wear. She's also doing a, a de- um, a de- she's dedicating a song. Well, she's doing a song for Tina. Tina. Oh, I was thinking of yeah, her when she, she, she yeah. announced she's doing a song for Tina. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, that's beautiful. It's exciting. She loved Tina Turner. She did. And she, yeah. that's, she did a, a performance with her. Yeah. Of uh, Proud Mary. Yeah. <laughs> big will keep on turning. Rest in power, Tina. What's your manifestation? Mine is my manifestation this week is to realign with my purpose because I, I've got to be totally honest. This space is really frustrating me at the moment. <laughs> Which space? The, the diversity and inclusion space. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's frustrated me. So I need to recenter and realign and work out. It's what a hard is my space purpose. to be in. Like I don't know how people do it, but it's a hard space to be in. It's taxing sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what? It is a hard space to be in, and I, the more I speak to other people in the space, mm. the more I realise. That it's not just me that's facing yeah. the same issues. I had actually was on a like a coaching call on tu- on Monday on Monday um, with Simon from De- oh, yeah, uh, Deaf Awareness, and he arranged for like a little coaching session with other people from other businesses that DEI leads, and we just okay. talked about some of our pain points and yeah. just bounced ideas off each other. And it, I mean, it was a long it was a long session. It was probably like three and a half hours of us just talking but actually sharing my frustrations and getting their opinion on how to deal with it yeah but it wasn't advice it was more just them probing questions that yeah. then made me realize how to deal with the situation and I was like I, we actually need to do more of those sort of things because mm-hmm. it makes me realize that there are solutions to some of the situations and we, we you know it's a hard space but there's other people going through it that we can get support on and lean on yeah so yeah I can help you find your purpose <laughs> By force. <laughs> I'll get a stamp and put it on your head. <laughs> um, and my manifestation this week is sleep, but decent sleep. Mm. I, don't, I feel like I, I used to be really good at sleeping, and what then happened? I don't know. Night and sweats. Now, recent, I'm waking up in absolute night sweats, like oh. sweating profusely. And now Sean is, is and actually. So am I. It's so weird. Sean's actually telling me now. Yeah. You woke up in massive sweat and it smells. 
Yeah. And I'm like, well, that I think is, that about myself when well, I'm I like. I do as well, but it's like, there's no need to point it out to me. It's actually, I know, it's making me feel self conscious already. Yeah. You can see a doctor and just get your hormones checked or something. It's hormones. Yeah, it's yeah, your stress hormones. levels. So what hormones. can they do about it? I don't want to have any injections and stuff. No, just do a blood test and just check your but hormone levels. But also, certain foods actually really yeah. agitate night sweats. Like, well, like all the foods that you eat, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You're always trying to get me to change my diet. No, but it's the same as me. I'm the same. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to be more Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna work. I'm, I'm, I want to manifest good sleep. Um, it's long weekend coming up. I want to. Yeah, I want to sleep. Although I don't feel like I'm gonna have much time for it, but I am gonna sleep. You won't. I won't sleep, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and sleep. Have an early night. I'm gonna. I need to start not going on my phone before I go to bed. Mm. Oh, that is. We yeah. all need to do that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah That's do. really good. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. She's got other bad habits. Sitting there with a halo <laughs> on top of her head. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Ola, for joining us. Thank you it for has been me. absolutely amazing. Um, hopefully you'll come back again once Happy once to. you decide to come and join the CC team. You can't it's, afford it, but it's when you on, can, I'll be there. It's been on the cards for a few times <laughs> and we mentioned we've discussed it. Watch this space, see society. We're manifesting Ola's salary. <laughs> yeah, at well, CC. Oh, we, are. we are. We are. We need you. We need you. I'm in. But yeah. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to come back and, and have a conversation about, back. about something else. Thank you a lot. Thank you. Stay brave, stay curious. And stay honest.